We're going to end today's show with a conversation with Dr. Angie Lindsay. She's an associate professor in the Department of Family, Youth, and Community Sciences at the UF IFAS Center for Public Issues in Agriculture and Natural Resources. We're in Gainesville today for the Florida Public Radio Emergency Network's 2023 Pre-Hurricane Season Summit. It's brought together folks from public media stations all around the state, as well as emergency management officials and meteorologists. Dr. Lindsay will be giving a presentation on the extension Disaster Education Network, or EDEN. I spoke with her this morning before the summit kicked off. Let's hear that conversation now. Dr. Angie Lindsay is an associate professor in the Department of Family, Youth, and Community Sciences at the UF IFAS Center for Public Issues in Agriculture and Natural Resources. Dr. Lindsay, welcome to Gulf Coast Life. Thank you so much for having me. So explain what brings you to Gainesville this morning. So uh, what brings me to Gainesville this morning? So uh, we have been working with the Florida Public um, Radio Emergency Network a little bit, talking about how we can use some of the videos and things that we have done within UF IFAS for disaster readiness and how it can be used. Um, during times of disaster just to have uh, information out there regarding uh, not only disaster preparedness and mitigation, but also response and recovery, so during time. So a lot of my work was through uh, EDEN, which is the Extension Disaster Education Network. So I work with all 67 counties within the state of Florida for preparedness, mitigation, response, and recovery in all types of disasters. So uh, looking to uh, work a little bit more with uh, FPREN regarding uh, what we can do as far as collaboration to take some of the outreach that we are doing uh, and hopefully get it out to our communities better within Florida. Understood. I've been doing this for a long time, but I'd never heard of the Extension Disaster Education Network. How long has this been around and how have I missed it? So it has been around. It was actually started in the Midwest after the, after the floods of 1994. So it's been around for quite some time. So it was definitely something that was in uh, kind of the Midwest part of the state, the Western, or sorry, the state, excuse me, of the country. Uh, and however, it has grown considerably. And what it is, is it's an extension or organization. So basically there's one of me and I'm the one of the point of contacts for the state of Florida. We have two others including a representative from FAMU, Kimberly Davis, and then we have a representative from Sea Grant as well. But there's point of contacts at each of the land grant institutions around the country. And our job is basically to look at how best to help our state prepare, mitigate, respond, and recover from different types of disasters throughout the country. Uh, so we work to take that research-based education, which Extension is known for, and get outreach materials out into our extension offices which are in each county within the states um, and so we, we work really closely with our extension services but it's a true network and that's one of the unique things about Eden is like the minute there's a hurricane coming our way the first phone calls I'm getting are from my Eden folks throughout the country what can I do to help you how can I help what do you need uh, and a great example is Hurricane Harvey in Texas was of course right before Hurricane Irma and their flooding resources were fantastic because they were right before us they had already come up with flooding um, and we needed flooding resources after Irma so that was one of the things that we took what Texas A&M had done and got it back out there as quickly as possible so in addition to being a network that we truly rely on each other not only for uh, <laughs> for mental health and as, as well as talking about talking through things it's sharing of those best management practices and resources across the country and you work then with all the different county extension offices can you just explain the kind of you know drill a little deeper into the kind of interactions that you have with them and is it all about providing them with resources or does it go beyond that? 
it goes beyond that. Uh, and every county is different, obviously. So the, the, the support they need from me or they not need from me can definitely change based upon uh, our extension's role within a county emergency management in that particular county. I will tell you at a state level that I am the liaison for the emergency support function 17, which is animals and agriculture. So I am deployed with uh, the Florida Department of Ag and Consumer Services. I am deployed with them and I am the liaison between uh, the state and UF IFAS extension. So I serve in the ICP. Um, Ian was my third deployment, actually. And so, therefore, I work really closely with the state. But while I'm at that incident command post, I work really closely with saying, okay, here's the need. Let me contact my extension folks within that county and see if we can help meet that need as well. So I'm kind of the go-between, especially in response, um, but also work with uh, extension agents and programming that may be available for how best to prepare, especially in agricultural communities, and um, how best to prepare, but also how best to recover. So a lot of my work now is working with uh, some of the counties that have been impacted by Hurricane Ian of what can we do to help, especially some of those agricultural communities, recover after these disasters. And we know it takes years. I was going to ask, um, is it all about the ag people or is it mostly about the ag people? <laughs> it, it, it's not all about the ag people at all. I mean, honestly. Okay, we, that's we are, what I sensed, right, but I wanted yeah. to clarify. No, absolutely. We are we are a resource for our for Florida communities, period, end of sentence. And that includes programming within agricultural and natural resources, sea grant, and family and consumer services and sciences as well. So uh, we, we can be all things to all people, basically. Uh, my role, especially in the role with FDACs, tends to be a little bit more ag-focused just because I am uh, deployed with FDAC. So especially during response, I'm pretty much focused on that ag and animals. I, I, I spent a lot of time trying to get cat food this past time after <laughs> Ian. So uh, it is focused especially on that response. But the year-round efforts of Eden and especially Florida Eden are just what do our communities need? I was going to ask, like, you know, obviously we'll get to what happens if a storm like Ian is approaching and what that triggers for you. But during the rest of the year, do you go to the different counties? Do you, I mean, are you traveling a lot? Are you, you know, face to face? Or is it all just about disseminating information through websites and things like that? No, I travel a good bit, actually. A lot of my job is getting out into the counties and getting out in the communities, definitely. So I travel a good bit to the extent to different extension offices. I try to do uh, presentations where I can also try to help them develop if they are trying to develop maybe coop plans, continuation of operation plans, or they're trying to do something internally to help their office be better prepared and better respond and recover, or if they're trying to work with uh, developing a program for the community to try to meet a need in response to recovery as well. So I I do a lot of working uh, with different counties throughout, throughout the state. Uh, we actually have some programs uh, with a uh, hurricane after hurricane michael in the panhandle where we're looking okay what did we learn from hurricane michael and we're actually working with some 4-h groups so there's also some grants that i work with with different uh counties throughout the state as well uh regarding programming um but also um how best to recover and, and what are some what are some things that we have learned from this that we can take into preparing for the next storm i saw 4-h on the list and so can you explain just a little bit better about you know how does 4-h fit into this my daughter did 4-h so i kind of know about it but sure. how does it fit into this absolutely 
H. So different 4-H's have done different things in different counties, um, but they they are they are ready to help whenever they can. A lot of our uh, 4-H kids, especially uh, in Nassau County, Kelsey Irvine and uh, Flagler, um, sorry, in Nassau County, uh, has started a Yeti group, which is Youth um, Emergency Training Initiative. So it's kind of like the FEMA, the CERT program, but it's for the youth base, basically. Hmm. Uh, so many of our many of our uh, 4-H's have kind of gone that route with them. But also 4-H is also very involved, especially if it's in an area that they weren't in. They are the first to get donations and try to get it to the 4-H uh, county offices that have been impacted to trying to help those out. Um, but 4-H is also a great resource and response. I will tell you that we had an issue uh, after Hurricane Ian where we had a, a resident in Fort Myers who had a pet pig. And she refused to uh, evacuate until, until, unless she knew what was going on with the pig. And so I got a phone call and said, hey, can somebody transport a pig? Well, I had a 4-H family that showed pigs. So, yes, we were able to get some, a, a way to transport that pig. So it's been, they're a nice resource, obviously, but then they really come together and look out for their other 4-H uh, groups as well. So the first donations and everything come from those other 4-Hs. But in addition, they do year-round program with some of the youth that are interested in disaster and how um, response and recovery work. Well, I'm glad I asked because that's a good concrete example of how it can go all the way from the policy level and the research data level down to, I need to move a pig. I need to move a pig. <laughs> um, so when a storm like Ian is approaching and it starts to appear as if it is going to make landfall in Florida, then what that what does the Eden Network do at that point? So within Florida Eden, and uh, we actually, and our, uh, our crisis plan that we have, have uh, the minute uh, the state is under a warning. The minute we're under any part of the state is under a warning, uh, we initiate 8 a.m. phone calls, and that's with the extension leadership. So at 8 a.m. every morning, we're having phone calls with the extension leadership uh, team and the disaster team, uh, and it's a, probably about uh, 15 folks that are affiliated with UF IFAS and the high-level administration. But it's also the folks in the county, the counties that are under that warning. What are your needs? What do we need to get to you? Um, how best to prepare? So um, those calls continue until uh, basically until the area that was impacted tells us, you know, I think I'm okay now. Um, you know, I think we don't need to continue these calls anymore. Uh, but those 8 a.m. calls and that initially kind of sets forth like what do we need to do? So that's trying to get supplies to them if they need um, if they need uh, hotspots, if they need uh, satellite phones. Like what do we need to make sure we get down to the area as quickly as possible? Possible. And a lot of times that's paper copies of things because as we know, you're going to lose self, self service, you're going to lose uh, internet. So trying to get some paper copies down to of the main things that people are going to need after disasters, and especially after storms, trying to get it to them as quickly as possible. Um, we also start doing daily phone calls with um, FDACs and the State Agricultural Response Team, which is what uh, we are heavily involved with. So those phone calls start uh, daily as well. Uh, and then after the storm um, has passed, uh, that is when I w am deployed with uh, with FDACs. So, so I'm kind of doing internal management um, until uh, the storm has passed, and then I'm working with uh, as the liaison. Do you um, interface with FEMA? You know, that's who we see as sort of the big the big 
assistance organization. Uh, how does that work? Sure. So me personally, I haven't haven't interfaced with them so much. I do sometimes through some of my work with FDACs and through the state agricultural response team, through the SART team a little bit, um, but not uh, too closely. I have I've been working more closely after uh, Hurricane Ian with the USDA emergency, uh, rural emergency management folks, which has been really helpful. I've learned a great deal from those, those folks that have been down there deployed. So it's been really, really helpful. Um, we did do after Hurricane Ian, we did do a kind of a mini presentation of some of the work that we do within IFAS, um, especially before, during, and after storms. Uh, one of the key things that I also want to mention is that Krista Court, who is a, uh, she is a professor within the, uh, the Department of um, Family, oh, excuse me, Financial and Resources and Economics, she does, she manages kind of the assessments. So one of the roles of our extension folks after the storms go through, after disasters come through, or what are the assessments, what are the impacts from the agricultural um, industry and the areas that have been impacted agriculturally. Uh, and so she does those assessments. So learning what the assessment was, what it, what was the what was the economic value of the impact from this storm on the agricultural industry is obviously something very important at the nation, at the state level and also the national level and also FEMA. So we have done some presentations to FEMA just to talk about some of the work that we do and especially some of the work she does in getting that information, collecting that information also. I believe we talked to her on this show about some of the data that she got I, from Ian. I'm sure you did. She's fantastic. She's phenomenal. Rock star. You mentioned uh, the, the experience that they had in Texas with Harvey and how that helped here. You know, it seems like Florida is probably most likely to have hurricanes. So then you are helping other coastal communities um, who, who might be less likely to have a hurricane because we have more experience here. Is that a fair way to put it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we do. We share a lot of resources among each other and um, different different ways that we can share information based upon things that have happened um, and in looking to other states and other regions that have impacted different types of storms. So uh, tornadoes, definitely kind of in the Midwest. Um, they have a lot of information there. So a lot of times when we're like, well, we don't have anything about tornadoes that sometimes happen, we know with some of those major storms, but also happen during some of our summer storms. So taking some of their information, uh, adapting it, obviously giving them credit for that, but use, utilizing that information and sharing that information. Uh, besides the pigs, I also, in reading up on this, um, you guys assist beekeepers uh, post-Ian. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So actually the beekeeping, uh, beekeeping and, and the work we've done to them has been phenomenal. Uh, and it was really big after Hurricane Michael because there was a lot of folks uh, over in the panhandle that uh, had hives that were very worried about it. And it was it was a talk about a collaborative effort. Uh, it was a lot of folks coming together to try to figure out what we can do to help the bees and get the, the nectar to them and get the, what they needed uh, as well to try to help them. Uh, and so we have a bee lab here at the University of Florida. And so um, after Ian, we started working with the bee lab of, okay, so how can we get uh, donations of that sugar water and then get it distributed out within the counties that have been impacted after Hurricane Ian. So I, again, I was working at the incident command post until we were able to get uh, donations of, of that uh, of the sugar water into Arcadia, Florida. And then we had different folks. We had different folks that had their hives that came and got the information, but then we also had extension agents that came and got stuff so that they could get it out to their stakeholders as well. So a true collaborative effort, I mean, you know, uh, by the very nature, disasters have to be reactive, and we had to be reactive, and we had to handle it as quickly as possible, but it, it was a success story. So, um, 
Um, and last question, you know, um, in Southwest Florida, we had gone quite a few years without a storm. Um, a storm like this comes through and it makes it very real, very concrete that, that a storm like this can hit us. Do you think that a, a storm like Ian will help people be taking this more seriously, including the work that you do? I do. I think three major storms in the past five years has definitely put this on folks' radar with, okay, this is the real deal. Um, And every storm is a teacher. Um, We learn something from every single storm. And I think that that is at our level, working at that state level and working at uh, the extension level. But I think it's also personal, a family and individual level, too. I think everybody learns something after every one. Um, So I do. I think think we'll take what we've learned after these past major storms as a community and probably take the next one a little bit more seriously. Well, I think that us in Southwest Florida will certainly do that because we got walloped. Um, That is unfortunately all the time that we have. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Angie Lindsay, as an associate professor in the Department of Family, Youth, and Community Sciences at the UFIFAS Center for Public Issues in Agriculture and Natural Resources. Dr. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me before the summit. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If you missed any of the show today, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Richard Jinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Callaghan. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida.